Good morning. Welcome to worship. I'm Sarah, one of the pastors here at Hope, and along with the worship teams, welcome, and Stephanie's welcome. I want to welcome you to worship, especially those of you joining us online. Today we continue in our sermon series called Just Emotions, where we are recognizing during this time up before summer, you know, God gave us emotions as a gift. In fact, they are what make us human, image, humans, what make us human, image bearers of God. And, and these emotions that we have, they serve a purpose, a good purpose. Like helping us to be creative, kind, to be generous or loyal. Even emotions that we don't think of as good as like anger or what we're going to be talking about today, grief. We don't often associate them as being good. And yet so often these emotions arise uh, because they are connected to things that are good, like truths or experiences that we have. So God gives us our emotions as a gift, but sin can distort, can twist what is good and healthy into something that's not good, not healthy. And today, as we look at this emotion of grief, we recognize that grief is that despondent, that mm, unhappy and heartache-type feeling that we get when we experience grief. When we lose someone or something that's important to us, like a friend, a spouse, a job, a child, a home, material possessions, even our sense of security. When we lose these things, we can experience grief. Now, grief in its various forms are, are something that all of us will experience in life. And, and the role of our faith in Jesus, his life, his teachings, his death, and his resurrection, what they do is they tell us that there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways to move through grief. And, and the measure of your faith doesn't tell you how, how well you're going to move through grief. Rather, what it says is like all of our emotions, it exposes what we really value and hold closest to our hearts. They will affect how we grieve. So before we take a look at grief in Scripture and, and through the life and teachings of Jesus, let us have a word of prayer if you would join me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you thanks and praise this day that we can come together as your people to freely worship you, to hear a good word from you. Lord, we ask that during this time, as we take a look at, at Jesus' life and, his, and, and what he's done for us in our grief uh, through the gospel of John, Lord, open up our hearts, our minds, our very lives to you. Speak a good word to us. Speak into our hearts exactly what we need to hear from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Growing up uh, where I did, my house was across the street from a funeral home. And so that meant that for my large family, and I had a large family, that many, if not most, of our family funerals were held at the funeral home, and our home was like the gathering place after the funeral, right? And so young years I spent at the funeral home at my house, uh, surrounded by grief, surrounded by death and dying, and I kind of got used to that process. I kind of got used to death, dying, and that form of grief and how people move through that kind of grief. But you know, there's other kinds of grief in life. 
And I remember the day that, that the grief over the, the loss of a relationship or how I wanted that relationship to go, uh, I remember the day that that happened. I was in grade school, and uh, my sister and I had come home from school, and, and we were looking for a snack. Now, my mom was going to be home about 30 to 45 minutes after we had gotten home, so we were looking for, you know, fending for ourselves, essentially, looking for a snack, and, and my sister... Well, she found something that meant that, like, it was going to be the greatest day in little Sarah's life because my mom, before she would go to work, she would make one of my favorite desserts uh, for dinner, and that was chocolate pudding, and she would put them in, like, individual pudding cups. But there, if she ever had leftover, she had, like, that, that brown country crock plastic container, right? That Everybody saves those, right? And, and so she saved that, and she put the extra in there, and she put it in the back of the fridge, you know? So we didn't, we didn't you know, splurge too much. But Liz found it. My sister found it, and she's like, Sarah, you won't believe it, what mom made for dessert, and guess what, there's extras, you should totally have this for a snack. I'm like, yeah, and so she gets a spoon, and, and she sticks it into the container, and she hands it to me. I take a scoop, and I put it in my mouth, and I taste beef gravy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my sister did that on purpose. Um, and that was the day, that started it, right, where like she pulled that prank, and then I pulled a prank. And then she pulled a prank, and then I pulled a prank, and then she did something to make me mad, and I did something to make, make her mad, and back and forth, and back and forth. And we did not get along for years. I knew that the relationship that I had with my sister was not how other people had relationships with their siblings, and like, like this was not okay. We would, like, we would literally wrestle some days. We would just down out, drag out, fight. And it took until both of us were out of the house, in college, growing up a little bit, that we finally were able to have our, what I like to call, come to Jesus moment. We sat across from the table. We made our confession. We said our apologies. And there was forgiveness. But for years, I lived with the grief of having a relationship with my sister that I knew wasn't what it could be. Grief, we're all going to experience it in life. And there's many different ways that we can walk through grief. And if we take the way that the, that the world would give us, it's, it's, a, it's a place where we focus on our feelings, but we don't exactly have hope. And Jesus offers a way of moving through grief that points us to the hope that we have in him through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. And the story of Lazarus' death and resurrection, I think it helps paint the picture well. Uh, the story that we hear, where we pick up the story, and by the way, I want to say, Janelle, you did an amazing job. I don't know where she's at. She was over here a minute ago. She did an amazing job. That is a really long gospel lesson. Do you guys, amen? You guys, she did a really great job. Amen. Janelle, that was super long. Um, but, but right before that part that she read, where Jesus comes and Lazarus has already died, we have to understand that prior to that, Lazarus had been sick. And Mary and Martha, they knew that Lazarus was close to Jesus' heart, and, and they wrote to him. They were good friends with him. They wrote to him, sent word that, that Lazarus was sick and that he needed to come 
to heal Lazarus, to save Lazarus. They had seen all that Jesus had done, his, his miracles, the healing of somebody who couldn't walk, the healing of a blind man, and, and all sorts of things. And they're like, you know, if Jesus could just come, Lazarus will be well, he will not die. But when they sent word to Jesus, Jesus didn't return right away. He still had other things to do. He still had teachings to teach and others to heal. And so our story picks up with Martha seeing Jesus coming in the distance, running up to him and telling him, Jesus, if only you had been here, my brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. She's angry. The neighbors are angry. They're sad. They are in grief. And Jesus wasn't immune to the grief of losing his friend Lazarus. Mary and Martha might have thought he was, but no. And when, when he saw Mary run out to him and those who were, who were with her weeping, as scripture says, Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Twice in this section of scripture, Jesus is deeply moved by the grief of others. And he is troubled. So often, when we go through a deep hurt that causes grief in us, we ask the question, where is God? We don't feel his presence. And we wonder, where is God in this? Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Over and over again in scripture, it testifies to God's presence and power with those who call on him in their grief. So often when I visit with people experiencing grief, the question comes up, where is God? What purpose does this hurt serve? And, and how could God allow for this to happen? And I know for Mary and Martha, those questions had to be right there. They were asking those questions, which prompted them to say to Jesus, and I imagine them shaking their fists, where were you, Jesus? If you had been here, he would not have died. And it's in the asking of these questions Mary and Martha asked Jesus that they acknowledge, that we acknowledge in many ways, that life isn't as it's supposed to be. There's something broken, there's something wrong, whether it's the death of a loved one or, or a death-like experience, like, like a medical diagnosis. We don't want the loss of a relationship, loss of a job, a, a life situation that was good and maybe even comfortable when something that has, that has been good is lost or broken, we experience grief because it's not how it's supposed to be. And from that place of loss, we often go on a search for God's presence and even God's goodness. Because boy, during loss, it sure can feel like God isn't there. And maybe even God isn't good. But the funny thing about feelings is that just because we feel something doesn't make it the whole truth. 
So the story of Jesus raising Lazarus, it points to deeper, actually some of the deepest truths of difficult situations we experience. You see, as Jesus came forward closer to the tomb, he asked the people around him, he asked Mary and Martha, where have you laid Lazarus? And when he drew closer, he wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. The writer of the gospel is underscoring this point, saying to us, God does care about what you're going through. Jesus, this one who is God with skin on, he cares about what you're going through. And he is with you when you are hurting. He is with you. In fact, he draws closer to you even without your knowledge and even without your asking. He draws close. God is not aloof or apathetic. God grieves with you. He is sympathetic to your pain and the brokenness of this world and of your life. And you know what? God doesn't want to leave you there stuck in your grief. Jesus drew closer to the tomb, but what did he say? He turned to Mary and Martha and to their neighbors, and he says, move that stone. And when they say, no, no, Jesus, no. Don't open that. Then we're going to have to face death. We're going to have to smell the smells. We're actually going to have to deal with this. He reminds them of God's promises through him. He says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And he thanks his heavenly father for hearing his prayer and calls out, Lazarus, come out. And when Lazarus comes out, Jesus says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Here's the other truth that Jesus reveals to us in our grief. One, God is, not, God is with us. He's not apathetic. He cares. But two, when you are called from out of your grief to receive new life like Lazarus, not only do you need Jesus, but you also need others. You need your community. You need your family. You need the church. Lazarus couldn't take off his grave clothes alone. He needed them to help him. And we are not meant to go through grief alone. Often we want to act like we need to or that we should. Or sometimes we act like the emotions that we experience during grief, that, that we've got to squash them down or ignore them or just kind of get busy and, and ignore them so that we don't have to deal with them. Sometimes, oftentimes, when I have, I'm visiting with people and they start crying, I mean, what's the first thing that, that people say to you if they start crying in front of you? I'm sorry. Right? No. Don't be ashamed. Jesus wept in front of a whole community. Don't be ashamed of what you feel. Grief is normal. It's natural. But Jesus tells us, don't hide what you're going through. Don't go through it alone. You weren't made to go through this alone. God has given you a family and a church family to help and support you as you move from death to life from despair to hope. 
We are not alone because God is with us in spirit, but also because of the people that he has placed in our lives. Here at Hope, we, we believe that we really are better together, that we can move in healthy ways together through grief. And so here at Hope, we, we point people to resources. We wanna get people plugged into resources. If you're a person who is stuck in grief and, and you are experiencing it, say it's the death of a loved one, whether that death is recent or, or still you're wrestling with it from way back, we have got a group here at Hope called Grief Share. There's a facilitator and, and people come together in a small group and, and not only do you share your emotions and your experiences, but then you're pointed to Jesus. You're pointed to the one who, who died on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven. And not only that, but all that sin that was put to death, well, guess what? It was overcome and Jesus was raised to new life. And that in Jesus... We have hope. We have hope for new life, today, tomorrow, and for eternity. So you can get plugged into this group called Grief Share, so you can move through grief in healthy ways with others, sharing your experiencing, not denying it, sharing it, and being pointed to hope. If you've Experience the loss of a marriage. We have a group called Divorce Care. Same process. Come together, share your experience, and be pointed to hope. If you're experiencing other kinds of losses, other kinds of grief, we have Stephen ministers available to visit with you one-on-one, -on -one, confidentially, so that you can share your experience. Process what you're going through, and then they'll pray with you and point you to your hope. But if you're not ready for grief share, divorce care, or even Stephen ministry, I want to connect you to another resource. You know, Jesus prayed. In his grief, he prayed to the Father. And when he prayed to the Father, that stone was able to move away from the tomb. And Lazarus could step out into new life. When we pray, God has the capacity to move the stone of grief off of our heart and to walk us in a new life. So I want to point out to you in your bulletin, in the back of your bulletin, actually, we have this Connect card. It's one that folds half like this, and you can tear it out. And on the Connect card, if you're a person who, who man, you have been praying for, for this grief you've been experiencing, but, but you just don't feel like the stone of grief is being moved, man, others can pray with you and for you. Write down at the bottom here, write down what you need prayer for. Rip this off, put it in the offering plate as it goes by. Every Monday, every Thursday, we've got hundreds of people in this congregation who faithfully pray the prayers of this congregation. Not only prayers of joy and thanksgiving, but also prayers of help and healing. Let us pray with you and for you. If you are a person of prayer and, and you've experienced the healing of God in your grief and you want to pray with others, put your name, your email address up top. Say that you want to be a part of the prayer team. We'll get you plugged in. You can help people and ask for God's help in their healing as a journey through grief. Because here's the other thing about grief. That God wants to show us 
the story of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And it's this, that God can use our grief to help us grow. God can use our grief to help us grow. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. God can use your experience of grief to help others who are grieving. Our, our facilitators of grief share, divorce care, Stephen ministers, oftentimes they are people who have experienced grief themselves. And, and God doesn't want to use, take their pain and let it just be pain for pain's sake, but to use it to bring healing and goodness to others. And in this way, God can redeem our painful experiences by giving them new meaning and purpose. God can take our experience and use it to unleash hope and healing in Jesus' name for others. Not just for you, but for others as well, in and through you. God gives us the hope of eternity with him. Yes, Lazarus would die an earthly death again someday, but, but God used Ma Mary, Martha, and Lazarus to share a testimony that what was somehow amazingly impossible and completely overwhelming, Jesus got them through. They had that testimony to give to a man named John who wrote it down so that others would know that God has the power, his love has the power to heal all wounds. God's power has the power to bring new life and eternal life to all. That God is the one who is with us, who is for us, whose grace through Jesus is always working for your healing and for your good. Even when you don't know it, even when you can't feel it, God is there. And he is there to give you hope, hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and hope for eternity. Praise the Lord. This is how we move through grief, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So the, we are not left in our despair, but we are given hope. And that hope gives healing. And that healing provides others hope and healing as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise this day for all that you've done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, grief is a difficult thing to journey through, and yet we will all experience it. So Lord, help us. Help us in our grief. Draw close to us. Help us to feel your presence. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on your son Jesus and all that he has overcome, the impossible things that he has overcome for our sake. So that no matter what we face, we can walk through it with you and with others. And we can have healing and we can have hope and help us to use our experiences of grief to help others in theirs so that they may come to know the love and life that is in your son Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.